everybody. Welcome to the Improv Network podcast. This is a series of conversations aimed at building stronger connections throughout the improv community. I'm James K. Sodom. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are your education team for the Improv Network. Make sure you go to theimprovnetwork.org to check out all sorts of really great resources, including festival listings and uh, blogs and interviews. There's an Improv FAQ tab as well that has all of these conversations archived as well as mini lectures uh shorter episodes on improv topics and you can make yourself a profile you can make your improv team a profile your theater anything you want to make a profile of you can i mean they're not (laughs) going to stop you but we suggest making one for your team yourself and your theater yeah um they're not they're not going to stop you they're not going to stop you (laughs) I'm blocked again. Too many. If your profiles. dog does improv. Make him a profile. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I don't know if we have any. Uh, oh, you know what? We do have a little bit of housekeeping. Um, shoot, uh, there is a submission form going around. We're looking for volunteers to join the Improv Network team. Um, just a couple volunteers to help a handful of hours throughout the month to assist with things like producing this podcast and getting some other goals off of our checklist that uh, we at the Improv Network have had for quite a while. And uh, we just need a a little bit more of a team to really pull it out, pull it, pull it out. (laughs) Are we going to be able to pull this one out? I don't Um, know. (laughs) It's only two of us. Uh, uh, To be able to pull it. (laughs) So much we want to do with this podcast. We, uh, and both of us being from Detroit, if this is going to be a national thing, we would like to get more help, like getting more variety, get more regional variety. Uh, and, you know, it takes a village. Yeah. And if we were more prepared, we would um, we, we will put a link to the form in the comments um, as soon as we're done here. But uh, it's that kind of stuff. If we had if we had volunteers to help us out, we'd have that locked and, <laughs> and yeah, ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh uh, all that housekeeping aside, we are very excited to have an international guest mm-hmm. on the podcast. Somebody that uh, Bob and I, w- w- as we meet lots of people nationally and interna- internationally, we met through the Detroit Improv Festival. Um, r- fantastic improviser, uh, Toronto-based Canadian Comedy Award winning improviser. Um all around as a self-imposed person. local hero, longtime improviser, teacher, yeah. storyteller, writer of plays, and host extraordinaire. Owner of many decals. <laughs> Owner of many decals and a variety of uh, color palettes in her home. Uh, please welcome to the show, Natasha Boomer. Yeah. Hey. Decal Central. Yeah. Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for joining Boomer. We're really, I'm happy to, to have you. um, yeah. And so the, where we're going to start with the, with the conversation and I'm, I'm so excited to, to talk about it. Cause I, I think you brought up a, a fascinating frame for, um, what we sometimes do on the show is called a show and tell episode. Right. And, uh, what we'll do is we'll take a show that one of us or a guest has been involved with usually created or directed. And we'll talk about what the, what we, the takeaways are what you learn from the show process. Um, and uh, typically we'll do like, uh, you know, we'll talk about what was it like to launch the show, rehearse the show, the show's run. And then if it's a show that's ended, we'll talk about like, okay, well, if you had to start it over again tomorrow, what would you 
keep the same or definitely do differently or those those sorts of things. Um, and that always leads to really great conversation. Um, you we're going to start by talking about a show that you created called uh, Wheel of Improv. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually uh, a show that I met you through because I remember doing it at the Detroit Improv Festival mm -hmm. as a guest. And mm -hmm. um, the, the way that you kind of framed it is like, uh, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong after the setup here, is that like, it's really interesting to see the a show that that is innovative for a while and kind of like shapes and invigorates a community and then see that uh, enthusiasm for it from audience or other whatever, whatever it is, uh, kind of like ebb and flow, fade and return. And like uh, when- And then die in your arms? Like yeah. Die a, a horrible death in your arms and well, yeah. as it breathes its last breath, you go, at one point you were so important. Yeah, and like, like how, how to let go of a show or like when, when, um, I guess like when does a show sort of, uh, uh, kind of, uh, resolve itself or, or it's, it's right. sees its own way out. But, but, and then what happens if you're like, even if that's the, the, what's happening naturally, if you're like, oh, I want to try to keep it going and see if we can like revamp it or whatever, like what happens when, when those are in conflict with each other. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk about all that, but, uh, uh before we launch into those, that framing of it, uh, can you just tell us a bit about what the Wheel of Improv is and how it works? So Wheel of Improv was what she was. Uh, Wheel of Improv was, um, it was a show that originally started in 2000 as a, uh, I was in conservatory at Second City and it was a written and um, slash uh, improv show. And so it was a it was a show where people competed. It was like a game show, and I wrote the whole thing. And then my con class were the improvised were the actors in it, and we spun a wheel. And it just was one night. We just wanted to perform. And then many years later, many years later, in two thousand and eight, uh, we were there was nothing. Um, the uh, we used to have a theater called the Tim Sims Theater. It was attached to the Second City main stage on Blue Jays Way. That whole building got sold for condos, which is the way that Toronto is going. Everything is sold for condos. If it has like history or heritage, sold for condos. That's what we do here. And uh, it's so sad. But what and, do you do uh, after you buy the condo? Where do you go? What do you watch? You, well, exactly, exactly. Oh. We're just a dead. We're just a dead. There's like condos everywhere, uh, and they're not even owned um by canadians anyway uh so um we uh, there was uh we we needed a tim sims to get better at improvising and so uh we decided me and my friend naomi decided to do uh, have studio two we were going to turn one of the studios at second city we were both teachers uh into a theater because the students were not getting better they were doing their classes and there was no way to play. And that was the function that the Tim Sims Playhouse had. You got better because you got on stage every night. But uh, you didn't get a show anymore. And so we decided to create this Studio 2. And uh, Monday night was open. And she was like, you have to do a night. And I was like, I can't do a night. And she was like, no, you have to do a night. And I was like, I can't do a night. There's no way I can do a night. And I went home and I had a dream about Wheel of Improv. And I was like, maybe I'll bring back Wheel of Improv. And so I brought back Wheel of Improv. And all it was was a wheel. This was my vision for it. People would uh, get a team 
and then they would come and they would compete. It would be a non-competitive, competitive games game show. So you were playing games um, and you'd spin the wheel and that would be the game that your team would play. Um, and so we put it up and four people came and uh, it was in January. And then I spent six months uh, doing everything I could to get students to buy in, to get better at improv, they had to do improv. And I would show up at the classes and be like, hey, um, come to this thing. It's like community. These people are like you. And, and then uh, eventually within probably six months, it was sold out every night. And then Second City, like Second City does, they came and they were like, hey, we're going to take away Studio 2 and we'll make it the John Candy Box Theater and you'll have nothing to do with it anymore. Um, but I was exhausted because that's all I did uh, was make sure that people were coming to this Studio 2. Um, and that's how uh, Wheel of Improv got started. Uh, yeah, it was Monday night. Talk about that because I've noticed, I've been doing this for a minute now, that in some years there's almost like when we have students, they get really excited and there's not enough opportunity for them to yeah. play. And then after a year or so, uh, we get the students who, no, we're good. And and all the resources that we created for that big boom that we had uh, kind of, yeah, get, get pushed to the side. And then mm -hmm. a couple of years later, we get a, a big group who were just like, Oh man, how can I get on stage? If only yeah. there was a, a night for students, and we're like, okay, here we go again. And it, it like it, it comes in these waves. Yeah. And I, I just never understood because like I I guess because I was part of one of those waves that were like, oh, I will do anything for let's build a stage in my backyard and, and yep. charge a dollar. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I was from the exact same cloth. Uh you I would do we would I was doing shows in bars. Yeah. And no one in the city, like this was like 1998, 1999. And we were in con and our class was like, we need to do this more. How do we do this all the time? We would do it in offices at lunch. Yeah. Like we'd be like, we're going to be in the party room in your office. And we would do improv. We, we just like, we we're like thirsty for it. And so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know either because for what I found in second city, when I was teaching, uh, at Second City uh, is we had thirsty students and they would come and they, or sometimes they would just want to watch, which was also fine because you can yeah. learn a lot by watching someone um, not do well. They're still doing well because they got up, right. but they're not playing to the height of their speed yet. Everything is really slow and you're watching the wheels work. And so you can learn a lot from that. Yeah. And uh, and so they love to watch it. But then one year, Second City did uh, Groupons and it was called Living Well at the time or Living Something Deal. And man, did we ever recruit students that <laughs> didn't give an F, right? Oh, they were like, yeah. my friend told me to doing it. And then by the third class, they were like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. Yes. And, and so you'd start with like 18 level A students. And at the end, you'd have six. That was in 2011. That's when improv really changed. Because um, they didn't want to do it anymore. And you could get to the end of a level A class and go, and I, at the end of each class, I would go, or at the beginning of each class, I'd go, who did improv? Who saw improv? 
and you could get to the end of level eight weeks and they yeah. still had not seen live improv. They yeah. just didn't care. They just didn't care. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I never got it. No, um, well, because I was thirsty for it, man. Yeah. And I agree. Like you can learn so much from just watching. Like if we're teaching an art, any other art, if you're learning how to paint, you got go to the museum and see how other people painted. Like look at their brush strokes. That's a great mm -hmm. way of doing it. But if you're just taking the classes and going to the museum and, and not painting yourself, how do you expect to become better? That's yeah, I'm better. still blown away. And and yeah, the other students who just come in but like are are resisting learning or being a part of the thing they signed up for yeah. is just a mystery to me. Yeah. It's it like it, it's almost like it's invoked this like fear. Like yeah. they have the brave enough to do it. Yeah. And then they get there and they're like, oh, I don't know. Like those kids that go to they like they have all the bravery to walk to the top of the diving board. And then they get to the top of the diving board and they're like, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> I, I can't do this. And right. they now they have to go back down. But that's almost scarier. So you yeah. just stay <laughs> on top of the diving board, right? Like, isn't there? Wait for the pool to close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, maybe somebody will push me. Sometimes yeah. I found that that was it too. Like they were waiting for an aggressor, an aggressor to push them. And they were waiting for me to, so at Wheel of Improv, uh, people would constantly have suggestions, which is great. But, um, and, uh, and so uh, their suggestion to me always was, you should get a bucket. You should get a bucket, a Wheel of Improv. And, and as people come in, people put their names in the bucket. And then you pull out their names of the bucket. And I'd That's be like- That's a show called Bucket of Improv. It's different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many how many props do you need to do a jam at your place? Oh my god! Right, I had a briefcase, but they wanted the bucket, and I was like, "Listen, a bucket is you not ready to do improv on stage. Right. Uh, that's you not ready. That's you wanting to be forced to ready. You know how you know when you're ready to do improv when you're racing towards the stage to get on it to spin that wheel." And yes, sure, we had a few concussions, but that's how you know you're ready when you're yes fully ready to get concussed yes. for improv. Mainly this guy, Wayne Jones, or my hair. I should have washed my hair because it's all stuck together. Oh, no, we'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so I care about the show, just not enough to wash my you should, hair. You should get a bucket for your hair. I need a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real real quick just let me ask a question on uh remind me in general i think how it worked for the when you did it at the festival um you kind of recruited or, or asked um yeah. for help filling out a cast that was a good balance between like experienced improvisers yep. and some student level improvisers yeah. and is, was that generally how the casting worked in its regular well, no when it first started so wheel of improv evolved to what it was um, uh, by uh, really bad shows. So we they'd be, there'd be really bad show. There'd be a couple of them weeks in a row, and I'd be like, I cannot have a bad show like this again. So how do I make this show better? And so it went from just everybody improvising with everybody to mm -hmm. me getting uh, my friends who were great improvisers and the teachers there. And I did it so that the teachers would bring their class that night. And um, and so that they would find out. And then the teachers sat on the side of the stage and they would go in to protect. Mm 
But you know what happened? The teachers were too scared to go in and interrupt the scene. So I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. You're too scared to go in. Everyone's too scared to get up. Uh, And I'm just standing on stage, uh, stage, screaming the word vagina all the time. Like, uh, this is... Because that's what they do. We're scared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm standing at the pool on the diving board, screaming vagina until someone pushes me in. Yeah. I'm the worst lifeguard. (laughs) Uh, And so I was like, there has to be a way to make this, to secure this show more. So then what I did was I um, had a couple nights where Turco had the night off of Monday nights because their night was usually Monday. And I would get them to come over and play with everybody. And people loved that. And then I was like, what if I did this all the time? What if I always had guests? And these guests were in every single scene. And they were playing. And then what the guests would teach the performers was pace, right? Because when when you know what you're doing in improv, you play at a specific pace, which is faster than someone who's judging their thought process all the time. Is this good? Is this funny? Will people judge me? But like when you've been doing it a while, you're just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care what comes out my mouth. Um, And, uh, and when you do care what comes out your mouth, then you're like, Oh, I didn't have the greatest set because I cared too much about what came out my mouth. Um, And so that's how the guests got introduced. And then that made the show every single show was great because a guest was there. And then I got real specific about who was allowed to do that show. And um, so, that and became was, problematic. Okay. Yeah. Well, what, what let's hear criteria, about that. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What was the criteria of someone you would want to be a protector on that show? They'd be a teacher. Oh, okay. They'd be a teacher and they, or they, or I had to have seen them. It wasn't a graduation show. It wasn't a show where you played it enough times and then you got to be a guest. Um, It wasn't that at all because uh, some people played it every week for like three years and they still were, they could never have been a guest. Um, Mm -hmm. So they were teachers. They were just people that I felt played at a good pace. Um, Yeah. So like call mockeries to come um and play oh. uh yeah basically well, once that happens that that's a pretty easy answer like you know i've been coming here for three years are you colin mockery nope okay well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and answer. the colin mockery shows i had to use a bucket for <laughs> because <laughs> Did people he bring the would bucket? charge the stage and i'd be like we gotta get a bucket this is brutal yeah. so it was the only show that had a bucket <laughs> Well, people got what they wanted. Finally. Yeah. They got their stupid bucket. Yeah. I, I, I like to think people just came for the bucket and Colin was like also there. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Will I was going to have a bucket this week. Have a bucket this <laughs> Monday. Let's get. Yeah. Yeah. One day Will Bimprop will have a bucket. Yeah. Um, Will Bimprop will never have a bucket. <laughs> Let's be clear. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I mean, I. I, I I'm hearing like how the arc built to the point where you were enjoying like a sold out run of shows. Yeah. Well, it was um, sold out when it was bad too. Oh, okay. like that show <laughs> was very pot. It was, it almost had a cult following okay. and we would, I would constantly get called cause we had to put the numbers, how many people were in the theater and the theater fit 66. 
and we constantly had over 80 to 100. And at the end of each show, I'd be like, Mike, who was my um, stage manager, like he ran the um, booth and the lights. And I'd be like, Mike, how many did we have? And he'd be like, 106. And I'd be like, just put 66. <laughs> because I kept getting called into the office to be like, your show's a fire hazard. But then one time I lit sparklers. <laughs> which and that's also- a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I didn't give a fuck. I never cared. I was like, what's going to make this show amazing? We know it's not going to be a bucket. Sparklers. um, But that was a mistake. Sparklers was for sure a mistake. Um, Because there's a thick ash that comes with a sparkler, uh, post-sparkler. So, uh, yeah, so it evolved. uh, People, uh, and then on the third year anniversary... I bought a bunch of like uh, paraphernalia and I was like, we got to go over to the main stage of second city because we're going to sell a lot of tickets. I can't only have a hundred tickets, 66 tickets on the 30th anniversary. And we sold out 400. Wow. We sold out that show. And then a month after that, I was fired <laughs> from second city. Um, overselling shows. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was a corporate liability. I oh. used the word vagina a lot when I wasn't supposed to. Now, you couldn't fire me in today's climate because women are allowed to say the word. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was a corporate liability. Um, was I? I don't know. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast about it because I don't <laughs> think I was. But I listen um, to the corporate liability podcast. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think to this day, I still go. Oh, I just didn't get along with my artistic manager like or my artistic director because <laughs> i called him a manager i refuse to call him director uh but um no we just didn't get along we just didn't we didn't see eye to eye i embarrassed him a lot <laughs> i'm sure um and i was creating this like major community that i don't know i can't tell like i yeah. like i can tell you but it's a longer podcast so then i moved the show over to comedy bar Okay. And that was um, very interesting because I realized that that Wheel of Improv needed a school attached to it. It was a school show. People felt safe with me. It was a safe space. Um, Anything went. um, Yeah, you were safe to just fail. And the comedy bar did not have alcohol now. And it didn't offer the same environment right but we chugged along for like three years four years 13 14 15 16 17 five more years at the comedy bar and then the shows became like 24 people i was just because now i had to pay now people had to pay to come see it because it was free at uh second city and i had for everyone Totally free yeah, show? Yeah, it was always oh, wow. free. It was just a free oh. show. I think I started charging a toonie if you wanted to, so I could buy, um, like, Wheel of Improv embroidered stuff. Uh, for us Americans, what? What? how much is a toonie? Oh, $2. Okay. I, I thought, okay. Cool. I mean, it's in the name. Two is yeah. in Is the it a name. coin or is it an actual dollar? Or... It's a coin. We don't okay. have dollar bills. Um, only five and then up. And then um, we have a toonie and a loony. Same quarter. Right. Nickel I haven't spent Canadian money since 21. So 
What's that? I haven't spent Canadian money since I was 21, so it's, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, if anybody Thank has you. any questions about Canada, feel free to yeah. drop one in the comment. Uh, yeah. I'll answer it. We do have a, a question about, and I'm curious about this too. So Kurt's, uh, hi Kurt, um, is asking about the um, audience, like what the difference between a Wheel of Improv audience uh, and any other show would be if it's more of a chill hang or if it's more of like a nervous, uh, excitable energy kind of deal. Um, and and I, I'm curious about about that too. I'll also uh, throw in there, like, was it mostly all improvisers or did you get some general audience in there too? So it was mostly all improvisers and students and then people bringing their friends. And then when we got, when we went over to Comedy Bar, the audience changed a little bit, but still the same. But then it's an interesting question because, uh, you know, the week between um, after Christmas and before New Year's, it's very, you know, that week. Yeah. It's very yeah. right. Like the comedy bar sells out because there's nothing to do. So the comedy bar sells out every show. And we would have our normal two. We moved to Tuesday night. We'd have our normal Tuesday night. And now all of a sudden the audience was one hundred, like 120 people sold out. For this show, Wheel of Improv, right. and oh man, I I remember the first show that bombed, and I was so disappointed because you couldn't play the same way anymore. But everyone was playing the same way. Their improv was very meta, and they were like they were improvising to other students. Yeah, they're improvising like, for improvisers, not your yeah. standard audience. Yeah, yeah. And so by the third game, I remember standing on stage and being like. You need to raise your game right now on this stage because what you're doing is not cutting it. And um, because that was the way very I just spoke very honestly about uh, everything all the time on that show. I'm always honest about everything all the time to my detriment or to the success of the truth of the situation. And were were and, you doing um, that like actively, like as as you're hosting the show, like calling people out and kind of like challenging people on the spot to yeah, step yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. I would, do, I, I would do this a lot. Freeze. You're doing great. You're doing great. I just have something to say. You are way too quiet. No one can hear you. You need to talk louder. Okay, carry on. Where were we? And so I'll do that a lot. I always the same thing. Okay, freeze. You're doing great. Nobody's done anything wrong. And so, um, yeah, I always, because it needs to be done. And they understood that the premise of the show was a learning tool as well yep. as performance. So yep. why not? Yeah. yeah. And then also when people talked in the audience or people did something that might throw off an improviser, I went, I went like mama crazy on them. I'd be like, why are you, after when the game was done, I'd be like, why are you talking? Why are you talking right now? Your mouth should be shut the entire time. <laughs> shut your mouth or get the fuck out and people would be like okay oh, and no so, like you it's hard to it's hard to um like i don't know what the word it's hard to come at me because i'll always win <laughs> like you, I, you give the, I get that impression from you that you're you're sort of untouchable when it comes yeah. to yeah you like can try well, and man, many have really and how many can you boys. argue with an honest opinion you know no. like if someone's giving your their honest opinion you really you yeah. can't really argue with it because that's how they feel that that's what they know so yeah. I, I can it's, yeah it's not cruel because i'm also protected it's also very like mother bear but i don't know i'm also but in saying that 
I've also yelled at people and they were just like, I don't like you anymore. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I really am sorry that you didn't get that this was supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. But, um, okay. Like, I can't make you, I can't make you like me. I can't. I have to make me like me. And that sometimes is hard too, right? So, like, I win over everything. I have to, like, like me. So Yeah. Can't be yeah, so, you. I, I'm so that makes me just kind of curious about the um, as you're 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 challenging an audience, and to, it sounds like a, that's a huge part of the show is that like for the community, it's a place to yeah get get the opportunity to get on stage, and also like you were saying that it's a learning experience. Yeah. Um, live coaching, and I think that's such a difficult, dangerous thing to play with because you do have to have the right personality. Not every teacher or director is great at it. I don't think I would be good at it. Like as a, I would have to take on a whole different persona mm-hmm. to right. to do it. Like I'd have mm-hmm. to create a different type of persona that's doing mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, but I'm wondering as you're building the, an audience that's like really excited and that that's like drawing to them, what what kind of pressure does that put on you? Like, do you was that a really great learning slash growth? curve for you or did it become like really tough to um navigate like yeah like like i don't know like the the significance of your role as the show runner and like the you know person cracking the whip like is that a lot of pressure or did you find it really freeing like what was that like that was it was the place that i was supposed to be the most in the world like when wheel of improv started to diminish i would be like I don't understand what's happening. This is the only thing I actually am good at. This is like, this is what I meant to do. Why is the show falling apart? And then there would be ebbs and flows. And then, um, no, it's definitely what I was meant to do. But again, like I'm saying this, like there, there were still like a handful of, not everyone liked it. Not everyone appreciated it. Not everyone thrived in that environment. I would have people come to the show over and over again. But, and also in going back, it is very, very difficult because sometimes there, you want to stop a scene and be like, freeze. I can make this a thousand times better by telling you to do one thing. But you know, in the core of your being, you have to be so connected to this part of your your heart, right? And you have to come out of your head, teaching head. You have to be in your teaching heart you have to know that, that whether that person can handle it or not. You have to know whether it will destroy them or not. And sometimes I was wrong. Most times I was right. Sometimes I was wrong, right? And so sometimes really bad scenes are happening and it's just happening. And people in the audience are like, why aren't you, why aren't you helping them? Why aren't you protecting them? And you're like, because in the center of my being right now, they have, they cannot take it. If I stop the scene, they wouldn't be able to yeah, take it. They're, they're on the brink as it is. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. They're and beating themselves up enough. Hearing my voice would just, yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. And it's this like, it's just being in your heart center all the time. But that's really hard to do all the time. It's a hard, it's a hard, for me, being 100% in my heart is hard in, an, in a bar where an audience is drinking. Because yeah. that's too much energy for me. So <laughs> yep. I didn't always get it right. I'll say that. I didn't always get it right. Sometimes I got maybe too much or 
maybe I know with my friend Sam, I went too far. According to him, I didn't think I went too far, but according to him, um, I went too far. So, yeah, I believe- even, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, no, considering like, yeah, consumption of alcohol, trying to give someone a note after they've been drinking, like, whoa, I, I, I probably would try to. I don't, I don't know if I have that in me because. Oh, I never let people get up on stage drunk. If they oh, stumble towards the stage, yeah. I'd be like, sit down. This is not for you. You're not doing improv drunk. That's not what this show is. We're not going to laugh at you because you're drunk. We're going to laugh at you because you are present in a scene telling the truth, being the truth. That's where comedy comes from. You're not, I don't care that you need alcohol to do this. Then you're not ready. Right. So I never let people get on stage drunk. So yeah, that's a great policy. Um, and again, it makes you like, like another, <laughs> I don't know how often that happened, but like, you're also kind of playing the role of like bouncer. You were wearing a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I had a guy who worked the door and I also did a lot of this. Um, if you walked in, uh, a lot of people would come like the show started at nine 30 and they'd come at 10 o'clock when, uh, my guy who took the tickets went home. And so from the stage, I'd stand at the back and be like, I know when you came in and after the show, you owe me 10 bucks. And so there was a lot of like that um, going on. And yes. people didn't appreciate that. Oh, I and love like, it. I saw you come show in. Early. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the show is. 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, talk to us about the ending of the show. Like how, how, how did the, what was the story of so, it, how it ended? I really was stressed. It would get to the point where I'd have to host and be the guest because my guests would just like not show up or they'd be like, oh, I'm going to cancel. The canceling for years, I did Wheel of Improv weekly alone and uh, I'd book it and I hate it and and I hated it. I hated it so much. And, and so how, real quick, how far into the run are we? Like how many years has it been running by the time that you're feeling this way? 2009, 10, 11, 12. So we're in 2016. Okay. Wow. So it's been like seven played, years. Yeah. Years. The, seven years. Wow. And in that year where the audiences were like 30, 40 people, I hosted, I would show up more times and I'd have to host and be the guest. That's not a good combination for me. Mm-hmm. I do not excel in either then. Um, because they're two different brains. So here I'm working on protecting the students and some of those improv games, that does, that's not good for me. I'm not good. (laughs) I can't help you with them. And, uh, you're like, it was brutal. And so I remember all my high school friends, there's like 10 of them. They're like, we're coming to your show. And all of the guests didn't show up. And so I had to host and, and I remember their faces after like, that was good. I was like, oh my God, it wasn't. Um, and so I decided that I would, I was going to quit. I was going to let it go. I was not getting along with the people. They, I no longer got to pick who ran the music and stuff for my show. Mm. There was a lot of fighting all the time. Um, uh, it just was difficult. It just was so difficult. And I took on two producers to help me. And the one I got into that, Sam gone to i yelled at him on stage he he uh, we give awards out at the end of the show Uh to like um so it had candy and then at the end of the show uh i'd be like here's what i saw that you did that was great 
you get a piece of candy. Here's what I saw. You've never done that before. You get a piece of candy. And then they could also, you could also stand up and say what you did was great if you want a candy. And so they would, people would stand up and be like, I, um, I, uh, I, I never had played that character before. And I'd be like, great candy. And, uh, my, I had a gift to give to my friend Sam or something. And he left halfway through the scene. Oh no. I went, ah, fuck him. And he wasn't gone. He was just in the next room and he got mad at me because on stage I was like, oh, fuck him. So he quit. And then I had one girl that was also helping me produce. And she went to Second City to do the same show that I was doing at Wheel of Improv. And I was like, you can't produce this show and that show. So then I was like producerless again. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just want to do one woman shows. That's all I want to do. And my friend Rob said, give it to somebody, give the show to somebody. And I was like, I can't, this is my show. Like this is, nobody can host this show like me. And um, so I just did one last big show. It was amazing. And then everyone said goodbye. And then I was so happy not doing it for about three months. And then I went into a depression like never before. I was like, I, I'm not performing once a week. My favorite thing in the world, this is probably goes against, uh, I love improv hosting. I love getting up on stage, not knowing what I'm going to talk about and talking about it. It's like improv stand-up, basically. Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love it. I could do, I could, I'm, I'm nauseating. I could do it so much. And um, I hadn't done that in so long because I didn't have a weekly show anymore. And uh, and then in 2018, I was like, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back, not at Comedy Bar. I'm going to bring it back at Social Capital because they're a school. I need to attach myself to another school. Yeah. And so I did. It was a small, it's a 50-seater theater upstairs. They were like, yes, let's do this. And I was like, I'm just going to do it once a month. And I'm going to uh, do something. I'm going to call it the new class. So it'll be all the new um, people that are up and coming. They don't have to be teachers anymore. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. And um, I'm not going to be so rigid with the guests, I mean. And uh, that show over the course of a year died. On the last night, uh, September 2018, uh, four people came to the last show. And it just, and we just played. Like we just, I was like, let's everyone just get up and spin the wheel and play and I'll play and you play. And, and um, it just died. And I was like, you can't bring back what is no longer needed because in that time when Wheel of Improv first started, it was an homage from my days in early, late nineties doing improv. There was a show called uh, Pros and Joes where the oh yes pros. do you remember pros and yes yeah it was, yeah and we were like i i want to be i thought i could be a football player i was pretty good in high school oh yeah we'll we'll cover this guy and they'll try oh. to do like the stuff on or am i talking about something different? no no i was like how <laughs> oh, did you know an improv <laughs> toronto improv show oh no there was a show on i think it was like fox called joe's and pros 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. No, Pros and Joes was professional improvisers with people who had never done it before. And um, and it was uh, it was like a get up show. You could just get up as a student. It was at the Timpsons Playhouse. And it really made the improvisers good, better, right? And so I was like, I, when I started Wheel of Improv, I'm like, it's going to be like from, you know, two decades or a decade earlier, Frozen Joes. When I left in 2016, everybody was doing those shows because the community had been built. It was good. They were good improvisers, like, because people could get up five, six times a week and do improv. And it was also killing me because these students from the three schools would come to Comedy Bar to do Wheel of Improv and they'd go, why don't you teach at Second City? And I'd be like, yeah, I got a whole story about why I don't teach at Second City. And it's called the word vagina. And um, and so uh, and I couldn't be trusted. Um, there's it's a whole incident. It's not just that there's like a whole there's about six incidences that led up to me being fired. Um, none of which would hold a leg these days. But um, yeah, so uh, there was tons of these type drop in shows now. So Wheel of Improv wasn't necessary. And the community had gone had flipped enough that no one knew who I was anymore. So you go from being the height to everyone knows who you are. They know what Wheel of Improv is in a decade to, and because of Wheel of Improv, the community was created. Um, I'm not the only one that created the community, but I definitely gave it a good pillar, a good foundational pillar to nobody knowing who you are. And it's a, such a interesting feeling. I'm yeah. sure kind of like John Travolta felt it at one point in his career. <laughs> but he has more money than me so it mattered less for him <laughs> so cry go to a villa and cry i was acting before pulp fiction i promised <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah I, so I'm, I'm curious about like yeah th th there's a there's a shelf life of of any show i think and yeah. at least in the sense that like you either have to retire the show or you have to change it enough with what the community needs or wants so much that it isn't really the same show anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it has to evolve. And do you like, what are your thoughts on, does every show have a shelf life, especially improvised shows? I'm, it's amazing to me that you had a seven year run. Seven and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and that includes or doesn't include the one year of revival. Um, no, that didn't include it. I kind okay. of like just want to close my eyes on that year. Got it. <laughs> Seven and a half. But every once in a while, uh, the the bar will be like, "Hey, you're gonna come pick up this wheel," and I'm like, <laughs> "Maybe." You lost the yeah. wheel. Um, yeah. But, but and yeah, does, ask does to everyone... borrow it, and I go, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it, and you can't have it. <laughs> exactly. It's awful. My heart aches. It makes my heart ache. Um, my feeling of it. Dear Diary, mm -hmm. if I could do it all over again, if I could go pop down to Natasha and be like, hey, you're me and I'm you, and it's four years difference, mm -hmm. um, I would be like, don't quit the show. Don't quit the show. Get help. Ask for more help and be more willing to let go of the show and let other people evolve it. 
it doesn't have to be only you. And, and I, I think I did act um, from ego. You try so much to be in your heart, but your ego just kind of like clouds it all over. And if I had to really look back on and give myself some advice, I'd be like, don't do it. Just get help, get help and let this show evolve to what it needs to be for the community. Cause I think a show that is for the community, it can work its way around what the community needs, but you need help and you need present and you need a Tuesday off. I did not have, I had maybe one or two Tuesdays off. Right. In seven and a half years, because I really believed no one could host that show but me. I really believed it. And I didn't even, I gave my friend Cameron LG. I would give him a chance and he'd be like, I don't want to do it. I'm big shoes to fill. Right. But I, I, I know that I am. And so, but there's still, people can still fill it. They just do it in their own way. Yeah, and there's time to grow into it too, right? Like somebody who's like maybe not quite there or at the same level that that fits so neatly as you do with the show and and how your personality is and coaching directing style. Somebody's gonna find their their way to do it, but it I I can't tell you how much I relate to all that and and especially like the patience that it takes, the patience and the ego surrender to be like. I'll hand this off to somebody else. And there's, there's the ego surrender uh, of, of letting go of the perfectionist and everything. And then also the patience for, for being like, okay, I'm going to let it go and it's going to change. And there might be growing pains um, for either who's, who else is in charge or how it's reshaping. And just that waiting period is just, it's so hard to not like give up in that period of growing pains um, to the point where like, you don't, you, you might not see it, You'll see it change, but you won't see it. Yeah. You won't see it through long enough to see it like take its new yeah. shape fully. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then you can show up like once every six months, and people will be like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think what I really did too when I left Wheel of Improv is I took a big step back from improv in the community, and now I'm not really part. No one's part because it's been two years over. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's done anything in two years, but, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah. And then, I mean, I found a whole, I started another format. I found a whole new way to improvise that I really like, but it's hard to get that going. The best shows to get going are the ones that involve everybody and everyone, everyone had a piece of wheel of improv, which was, I think, integral to a community building. When you believe that you have, built a part of your improv your soul has built that that's how you build a show right yeah so in in that vein you know uh it sounds like the things that you would change would be that that letting go don't quit the show get help i think that's great excellent advice and and what are the things that you think are essential if you were going to start that show again tomorrow in a different community or, or as if it had never happened, like what things, what pieces would be essential to making it work as well as it did that you would keep the same? It needs a school it needs to be attached to a school uh, because it's a learning show. Mm-hmm. It needs a team. It needs like a group of people who believe in it. Um, even like four hosts, four producers, and we each get a week. Right. 
uh, for teachers who are like, I want to teach improv and I want to do my brand. And people are like, oh, Bill's on, on uh, this, on the third Tuesday, I'm going to go to his um, night. It needs like. You mean like people who have sort of distinct styles that, that are bringing something like, especially unique. Maybe. I mean, maybe it just needs a bigger, it means needs more style, more like more collaboration what can make this good more heads Mm -hmm. it was just ever my head Mm -hmm. and i really wasn't open to a lot like people were constantly giving me i was about as open to other people's suggestions as i was to bucket suggestion right like (laughs) buckets are not happening the thing though like the first thing we learn is to let go and like you, you come with the initiation and then you know we create by committee and we like to think we we we, we learn that lesson, but I, I'm to be honest, there's been so many times that lesson has popped back up. I'm like, oh shit, it was right in front of me. I know what I'm supposed to do, yeah. but I just can't let go because yeah. you're an artist and artists are supposed to create, but if, like how do you how you push the pause button and let someone else step in when you're not doing a scene? You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of that thing I know. I know when it's time for me to shut up and let someone else talk and vice versa. But with other endeavors, it's, it's hard to learn that pacing or that, that, that just, you know, like, like, like you said, uh, just letting your ego not get in front of you and, and, and stepping back and like, okay, that was my chunk. What are you adding? And it's, that's, the, that's the gift of improv, right? Like right. the gift of improv is her imperfection. Right. Like yeah. improv sits back and goes, you will never fully get me because you are so fucking human. You're you human. <laughs> and improv is the gift that comes to teach us who we are, to teach us who uh, who we I remember once my friend Paloma, we were both teaching heavily at the time. And so we didn't feel that either of us had a lot of good feedback on our improv. Cause it was all students being like, you're amazing. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but um, you think I'm great. Cause you're in level a. Um, and so we would talk all the time. We'd be like, so what do I need to like, what are you seeing in me? Do I have bad habits? Like, and she said to me once in 2010, I'll never forget it. She goes, you get on stage. And she's like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And love she's that. Like, love that disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love and, you. And I do, I do actually believe that we held hands and we're walking through oh. the Yorkdale Mall and we were holding hands. And because um, we we wanted this for each other. And she goes, when you get on stage, you play very weak, vulnerable women. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like you'll get on stage and then you'll just kind of turn into a mushy, vulnerable, broken woman. And I remember thinking, well, that's because I am. And then at the exact same time, I was like, that's what improv is. Improv is a reflection of like where you are in this moment. And when you get on stage, there's almost something about improv that it just pulls the most vulnerable parts of you, the most like broken parts of you, and just like shows them to the world, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why there's no buckets, because no one's forcing you to do that. You have to be ready to just be like, oh, here I am. And I'm a vulnerable, broken woman. And because in 2010, I was going through a breakup. I was a vulnerable, broken woman. And it just so happened that every night that I got on stage, I couldn't help but be her. Because, yeah, anyway. So that's what improv shows us. And then 
but it also shows us in all the layers of the cake, right? And as you're teaching it, you're also learning what improv has to teach you about your ego and letting go and and not going into like I taught grade seven. Am I making sense what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. In grade seven, this is one thing I would get in trouble at Second City all the time for from my artistic director. Uh, he, I would go to grade seven and eight, the education program. And I used to always, they used to like fart jokes. Boys love fart jokes. Fart girl. Everybody loves fart jokes. Oh yeah. And, um, I, so I, one day was like, I'm so tired of fart jokes. And I just heard this voice in the back of my head being like, but that's where they are. So if you want to teach somebody, go to them. And I started doing fart jokes. And then my artistic director was like, you can't teach with fart jokes. I'm like, I only teach grade seven with fart jokes now because that's where they are. They'll evolve out of it, maybe, (laughs) but um, that's where they are. And so uh, that's what improv is. It lets us go to, um, right? I think I had a point with that. I did have a point. You teach where people are. You Oh, that's it. You cannot pull them up to you. Uh, if they're not ready, you can only um, teach where they are. And then eventually you turn around and you're like, oh, here you are. Welcome. Does it feel good? Feels good to play at this pace, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, fantastic. To, to, it's just, it's a great reminder, both in the teaching sense and the directing sense, that there is the things that are, that work on stage about, like you said, Bob. Um, the collaboration or, or the only being able to bring so much of it uh, and, and whoever you're working with bringing it to like that applies to being a director and the rest of the community and the cast and being a teacher and the students like you, you, you have to, it's all cooperation and it's all a, a two way street, you know? Um, and I know that personally, that's something that I, that I struggle with too, is that I, I get wrapped up in like, if I have a vision and it's so strong, I just want to be so particular right. and like allow myself to, to drive with that energy. But then I, I have to like, remember that like, this is not just mine and it's going to be its best version. If there's a way to um, collaborate and uh, let people in, you know, be available to um, the other half of it. I, I'm one person <laughs> half at most, you know, like, uh, uh, when I'm working on a show and whatnot. So yeah, those, those are really great sentiments. It's hard. It's hard. Like it is hard. So in the end, I don't know if the right answer was to, it has to be right because I let it go. That has to be the right answer because it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, there's definitely the reflective part of me as we all do, as we grow older is we go, Oh, I could have done that so much different and I'm not sure if I'll ever be given the opportunity in this city again to make another show like that. Um, so I like I know those things about me, but as I continue to build my life and my career with one woman shows and stuff like that, I'm sure that I take with me and even my own business, I take with me the lessons that I learned from the pain. It was so pain watching on that last show when four people showed up. You couldn't, there are no words that you could say to me that could have made my heart ache. Like, uh, had there, it, you know, in like a decade, it went from having my name, uh, 
chanted by 400 people to four people showing up mm. and saying goodbye. So, yeah, it's very, uh, yeah. Who knows what the well, I, and and thank you so much for sharing all that because I, I again I just appreciate how frank and honest and uh, your heart's in the conversation and um I I, I yeah. that's what I love about these show and tell episodes it's mm. just that it, they do when you're that close to a show there's so much personal story to it so um thank you for thank you for sharing all mm. that yeah. I'm happy to it was fun yeah before we let you go um is there anything that you want to plug that's uh, going on in the world of Natasha that uh, <laughs> uh oh, caught you off guard. Right? Like, <laughs> is anything keep going on? Is anything happening in the <sighs> world uh right now? Like I um I right? Do, <laughs> right? Like I just finished a one woman show. I'm doing another one in December. And uh yeah, okay, like yeah. not yeah. really. So and and uh what's the name of the the show and where's it going up? Uh, the name of the show, the one that I'm doing in September or in uh, December that I haven't even written yet, is called um, Siren of Destiny. Okay. Uh, how wow. Saucy Mermaid brought me back home again. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's about my firing from uh, Starbucks. I've been fired from a lot of jobs. <laughs> uh, my firing from Second City is a show I wrote called All Fired Up. And, um, and so, yeah, it'll be my sixth. And I'm just going to do it in my garage. And um, in, I think. Oh, awesome. And yeah. I did this last one in my backyard. I don't think um, shows need a stage, right? Art doesn't need a stage. So I try no. to do my one woman shows in like just different places. Yeah. Uh, and create like a ambiance. Mm -hmm. That's not theater. And uh, yeah. So doing that in September. Uh, uh, yeah. That's it. Like well, I don't. You, uh, you can't come for Reiki or a massage. That's what I do as a healer. Uh, so can't do that because I'm in Toronto, Ontario. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. For for uh, any Toronto listeners, um, we'll point them in your direction. And yeah, uh, once if, if there's links for the show or anything else you want us to include in the description, we'll make sure that uh, all the info gets in there. Absolutely. Oh, no, it's again. not even written yet, James. Oh, yeah, no yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, we're going to put the whole it's, script it's gonna be on the internet in forever, the script. So. <laughs> Whenever, it, if there's anything ever, yeah. whatever you update. want us to put, we'll it's, attach it's it. It's awesome. Internet. <laughs> well, that, but you've promised it, so now you got to deliver. Written or not, it's, it's you got to. I'll do it. I'll do it. it. I want, <laughs> can't wait to talk about the Saucy Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining, Boomer. It's been a really great conversation. We're so happy to have you on. And um, Kurt, uh, as as always, uh, uh, very complimentary about the uh, episode. And um, he owes you twenty bucks for all the uh, learning and, and info. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I, yeah. Thanks, I, we, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Our, very um, much. Absolutely. Remember we'll to go soon. to theimprovnetwork.org to check out all the resources that we have to offer. And we will catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.